The Jets are in Cleveland for Thursday night football. Here goes nothing. We'll get you ready for the game today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, December 28th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today, our episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Well, today we're here to preview the Jets on Thursday night football. Tonight, they take on the Cleveland Browns, 8.15 Eastern time. The game will be streamed on Amazon or if you're out on the West Coast like me, a 5.15 Pacific time kickoff. And if you're local and you're not familiar with Amazon, you don't have a smart TV, the game will be shown on Fox 5. And if you're not familiar with Amazon Prime Video, if you have a subscription to Amazon Prime, it's the th same thing you get, you get the free two-day shipping for when you order a package from Amazon. It, it also gives you a subscription for a video service. They have lots of shows, movies you can stream, and they have Thursday Night Football. So plenty of options to check out the Jets and the Cleveland Browns in Week 17. Not the final week of the NFL season anymore. It used to be. This used to be the finale, but of course the NFL season, as of two years ago, is 18 weeks. So the second-to-last game of the season for the New York Jets Maybe they wish the season ended last week off a game-winning field goal by Greg Zorline from 54 yards out in the final seconds because on paper, this is going to be a rough game for the Jets. You know, Our friends over at uh, FanDuel's, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, they've got the Jets as underdogs by more than a touchdown right now. And I think there is a path to victory for the New York Jets in this game, but it's not going to be easy. And it's going to require the Cleveland Browns to play, you know, maybe their worst game of the season. You know, the Jets, when you have a defense like this, and frankly, when you have a special teams that's as effective most weeks as the Jets is, you have a legitimate shot at winning games. And I think there's also another factor in this one. The Cleveland Browns can clinch a playoff spot tonight with the victory. And, you know, sometimes in games like this, what you'll see is a team they they believe that they've already clinched. You know, you're playing against an opponent that's not very good in the New York Jets. Jets enter this game six and nine, but I think even that record might be overstating how well the Jets have played this year. You know, I, I think the Jets probably have the fundamentals of a team with less than six wins right now. So, is it a situation where the Browns are going to be really focused, or is it a situation where the Browns maybe think that they've got the playoff playoffs spot clinched? They've already they, you know they've already got the party going. Now, yesterday I told you I, I think the Browns will show up, but I've been known to be wrong in the past. And I do think there's a possibility that Cleveland maybe looks past the Jets a little bit. Maybe they think that they've already clinched the playoff spot. If they play the worst game, the Jets have a shot. If they don't play their worst game, I don't think the Jets really have much of a, a chance to compete in this one. And of course, one of the big storylines, not just in this game, but across the entire NFL is our old friend, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, who, you know, we thought was at the end of his career, who began the season on his couch who did not play very well for the Jets last season when he was in the lineup. 
kind of having a late career renaissance with Cleveland, an in-season signing who has delivered for the Browns after as they've suffered injury after injury at the quarterback position. Now, a lot of people in the media and even some in the fan base are saying, well, why didn't the Jets bring Joe Flacco back? Well, we know what Joe Flacco is at this point in his career. He's a very savvy veteran, been around the league a lot, played in a lot of different systems. You could throw him in very quickly. You know, He's not going to take a long time to acclimate to any offense because he, he's played in every system there is to play in. We also know that he's smart. He knows where the ball needs to get. He can't move, though. And if he was on the Jets this year, you would probably see results similar to what you saw last year when the offensive line consistently crumbled around him. Because Flacco got to a point where he clearly did not trust the offensive line. And quite frankly, it was difficult to blame him because the Jets offensive line was not good last year. I don't think it was as bad as it is this year, but the Jets offensive line was an issue. So Flacco was immediately getting to his check down. But if you protect Flacco and if he feels comfortable with the guys who are blocking for him and if he trusts them, then yeah, he can still make plays. Again, he knows how to read the defense. He knows how to set a protection. So this will lead into the Jets' path to victory in this one. But so anyway, lots of different storylines in this one. Jets trying to get a second straight win, trying to get a third win in four weeks. You know, a lot of these late season winning streaks are really tough to buy in as far as meaning goes because the Jets, have, for all intents and purposes, been out of the playoff race for a long time. It was really that five-game losing streak that knocked them out. And you know, even though they beat uh, the Houston Texans a few weeks ago and dominated them, you know, a few people in the media were speculating maybe that got them back into the playoff race. It really did not. I mean, I think we all knew that the Jets were long shots at that point. The Jets probably had less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs even after that went over Houston. So the Jets are very much playing in the role of spoiler right now. Uh, the Jets are a team that's, you know, they don't have a whole lot to play for. And at this time of year, the debate is always, do you root for wins or do you root for losses? Do you root for the, for the tank because you get a better draft position? Do you root for wins to build culture? And in reality, it doesn't make a big difference. You know, the difference between having, I don't know, the ninth pick and the 12th pick or the ninth pick and the sixth pick, in a typical draft, not that big of a difference. You know, there are lots of great players available no matter where you pick in the first round. Yes, it's better to have a higher pick, but the difference is far more marginal than a lot of people would like to admit. On the other hand, you got a Jets team right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where most of the guys who are playing tonight are not, going to be guys who are part of this team for the long run now the defense is a little bit different but i'm always a little skeptical of the idea that you win games and it helps build your culture this time of year because at the end of the day you know it's a losing season it's a disappointing year and yeah occasionally there's a team that, that rides a hot streak from one season into the next season but you have to remember there's a very long layoff between next week and the start of the 2024 season jets played their finale next week in foxborough against the new england patriots after that game, they won't play a real game until September. So how much momentum can you really build? How, how much does a win in January really mean when you get to December? You know, probably not that much. So Jets, you know, trying to play spoiler. I think, you know, if you're on an NFL field, you're trying to win games. You know, these players, as I always say, late in the season, the games may not count for much. This is their video resume. You know, your resume is put on the film. So the players will play hard. I don't have any question of that, but how much does this game really mean for the Jets? I think sometimes we try and find more find more meaning in these games than there really is. You know, is it culture? Is it draft picks? It's really neither. If we're going to be honest, I, I don't think this game really has a ton of significance for the Jets. It has a lot more significance for the Cleveland Browns, who have a chance to clinch their second playoff spot in the last four years. The Browns, who have been a downtrodden franchise every bit as much as the Jets over the last uh, over the last couple decades. 
you know, have a chance to make the playoffs. If anything, if anything, maybe this game gives me a little bit of hope because Cleveland Browns owner, when he first bought the team, was not a very smart owner. And he's eventually gotten a little bit better. I don't think Jimmy Haslam's a great owner, but he's at least gotten a little bit better. He's at least not standing between his team and having some degree of success. You know, maybe maybe Woody Johnson looks over and sees something over there. I guess guess we can hope. But Jets taking on the Browns tonight, 8.15 Eastern time, Amazon Prime, Fox 5, locally in New York. And ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to lay out the Jets' path to victory. I think it's got to be an ugly game for this team. Most of their wins this year have been kind of ugly. They've kind of been sloppy affairs. And I think if the Jets are going to get win number seven this year, this one will be no different. And I'll go into more detail as we continue on this Thursday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 if your team wins. And the Jets will not need to win this game outright for you to win against the spread. The Jets are 7.5-point underdogs, according to FanDuel. The over-under for this game is 34.5. You know, I frequently encourage people, if they're going to bet on a, on a Jets game, bet the under. But I've been wrong to it the last three weeks, so maybe it's the over. I don't think so this week. I think I'd still go with the under. But no matter how you bet, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is very easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. There's also player props. There's over-unders, and there's more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you every dayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. And then we have some bonus episodes as news breaks. Sometimes we'll have a bonus episode after a game. Can't tell you how much I appreciate your support. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening or watching to the show in what's been a very difficult season for New York Jets fans. And that season continues tonight as the Jets play the Cleveland Browns. 8.15 Eastern time is the scheduled kickoff in Cleveland. Jets, again, seven and a half point underdogs. Um, nobody's expecting them to win this game. I'm not expecting them to win this game. But I think you have a puncher's chance when you have a defense like this. And we've seen this because the Jets have beaten some very good teams this year. Jets beat Buffalo week one. Jets beat Philadelphia right before their bye week it's possible for the Jets to win games in a way that maybe wasn't possible a few years ago. You know, I think back to the, the Adam Gase days where the Jets, especially that 2020 season, which was just a complete catastrophe for this team. You went into most games and you felt like, how is this team going to be able to function at all? How is this team going to be able to win a game? And the answer was, well, they really weren't. They went two and 14 that season. This year, the Jets have a defense that at least gives you a shot every week. The problem with the Jets is like, they need their defense to do everything. We've talked about this extensively. I'm going to keep talking about it extensively until it stops. The Jets, in most of their wins, it's been because the defense has done the job, and sometimes it's been because special teams has delivered. You know, that Buffalo game, they held Josh Allen down. Philadelphia game, they held Jalen Hurts down. The Giants, they barely, you know, they didn't allow a whole lot. Um, you know, even last week against Washington, I mean, the, the, the biggest reason, you forget all, you, you always think the games are decided in the fourth quarter. Jets were up 17-0 six minutes into the game. You know, I remember I said this after the Jets lost to Kansas City. You know, everybody's focused on, on penal, a penalty on Sauce Gardner in the fourth quarter. The Jets lost that game because they were down 17-0 in the first quarter. Last week, the biggest reason the Jets won is they jumped out to a 17-0 lead six minutes into the game. 
And a lot of that was based on the defense. You know, Tony Adams gets an early interception. Defense keeps stopping Washington. They keep flipping field position with a little help from special teams. Jermaine Johnson delivering a blocked punt. Most of the Jets' scores last week came because they started on the plus side of the field. And they started on the plus side of the field because the defense was executing and the special teams was executing as well. That's the, you know, that, that's the reason the Jets won. They got off to a great start and the defense carried the day. Defense has carried the day consistently through the season when the Jets have won. And the problem is that when you get as little from your offense as the New York Jets have gotten in 2023, there's a limit to how many games you can win. You know, the, a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Houston Texans, it was the one time, probably the one time all season, the offense has actually delivered an excellent performance. And when you combine that with the defense playing its typical solid football, you're going to get a win. Unfortunately, we can't really count on the offense to deliver in a big way in this one. And even if, you know, it, it's just that this is just a really tough matchup. Uh, Cleveland has arguably the best defense in the NFL this year. I mean, they've carried this team that's had as many quarterback issues as the, as the Jets right to the cusp of the playoffs. So it's going to have to be the defense that that wins the day. And part of the challenge is you can't really expect your defense to deliver the big all the big plays you need to win. You know, if you're one dimensional, you're going to have a tough time winning consistently in the NFL. You know, you're going to need turnovers because the offense is in such a rough shape that you can only move the ball. You can only score points if you ha- if you don't have to move the ball that far. You know, you're going to have to force turnovers and turnovers are not easy to force in the NFL. We've seen it all season long with the Jets. This is a top 10 defense. There's a case to be made that perhaps even a strong case that this is a top five defense, but it's one thing to execute. It's top five, top defenses prevent teams from getting yardage. Turnovers are not easy to come by. Turnovers in part are just, and people don't like to hear this, but a lot of turnover plays come down to luck. You know, it's where the, where the fumble bounces. It's does the quarterback make a mistake and, you know, throw the ball right to your guy. There's a lot that happens with turnovers that you don't control because on some level, it's about where the ball bounces. And on some level, it's about the offensive player also making a mistake. It's not just enough for the defensive players to make a great, great play. That's not going to result in a turnover. It's going to result in a limited gain, but turnovers, you need things to kind of go your way. And we talked about that early, early in the season when the Jets were winning games, but they were relying far too much on their turnover rate. And we said that either they got to, either they got to generate more offense or they're not going to win games because they're not going to keep producing turnovers at this rate. But of course, in a one game situation, anything can happen. You know, in a one-game situation, you can have good turnover luck. I think that's one of the things the Jets will need in this game. I think the Jets may need a non-offensive touchdown in this game because of the issues that their offense is going to have going up against an excellent Cleveland Brown defense. This has to be an ugly game. We say this frequently. We say it too frequently. Maybe next year when Aaron Rodgers is back and hopefully the Jets have made some smarter moves on offense, every week won't have to be ugly for the Jets to come out of it with a victory. But I think a lot of it's going to be, first of all, harassing Joe Flacco because, as I mentioned earlier, when Flacco's comfortable in the pocket, even at his advanced age, he can still deliver. You know, I'm as critical of Joe Flacco as anybody. I was the guy who, for like the last three years, has been saying Flacco you know, doesn't really have anything left in the tank. Flacco can't elevate a team. Flacco, if you put everything around him perfectly, including protecting him, which might be the most critical point, and the Browns also have some pretty solid receivers. But if you if you put good protection around him, especially up the middle, he can still deliver. But we know he doesn't like to get hit. Not that any quarterback likes to get hit, but at this point of his career, he's got some trouble with pressure. He's not necessarily a guy who takes a lot of sacks, but he's a guy who, knows. while he knows where his check down is, when he doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket, this is something we've seen over and over when, during his time with the Jets, he just dumps it off. He takes a minimal game, sometimes to his own detriment. You know, you don't want a quarterback who stands to hold the ball for too long and takes a lot of sacks, but you also want a quarterback who's going to stand in the pocket and 
not pass up potential big plays because he, he doesn't want to take a hit. And that far too frequently was what happened with Flacco with the Jets. That's where I think Quinn and Williams has a big role in this game. You know, Flacco, the Browns have some issues to tackle. You know, they may be going with their fourth and fifth tackles in this game. But uh, up the middle at the guard and center spots, they have some pretty solid players. And if the pressure is coming from the outside, I mean, yeah, of course, edge rushers get a lot of sacks. But on some level, if your protection is good up the middle, a tall quarterback like Flacco is going to be able to step up in the pocket because they'll still be able to see over his line. So Quinton Williams generating that pressure up the middle. That's not something Flacco is comfortable with. He's not a guy who's who's particularly adept at moving to his left and to his right. He doesn't like sliding laterally. So it's about Quinton Williams. And we know the type of season Quinton Williams is having. And I'll be honest with you, I'll take Quinton Williams against any interior offensive lineman in the NFL. That's how good Quinton Williams is. I think if the Jets win this game, it's got to be ugly. And Quinton Williams may have to have a multi-sack game. Be, have the type of game where he just takes over, where he's unblockable. And that's one of the formulas for a Jets victory is just like somebody taking the game over. When you're the underdog, when you're the team that's undermanned, sometimes you just need a player to have the best game of his season. And going up against an opponent as tough as Cleveland, I have a lot of respect for this Cleveland Browns team. I think that that might be what the New York Jets need if they're going to have a shot to not just win the game, but stay in it. And to win it, I don't have a lot of faith in this offense. The offense has to do more than they've done most of the season. The offense has to do more than you would expect against the Cleveland Browns on offense. As we continue on this uh, Thursday edition of Lockdown Jets, we'll go into more detail about some of the players the Jets will really need to step up in this one. It's not going to be a high-scoring performance from the Jets. That I can guarantee you. But there's a difference between being shut out and putting enough points on the board where you can eke out a win in a defensive struggle. And we'll describe that more as we continue this Thursday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by DoorDash. The Jets, of course, play tonight against the Cleveland Browns. It's the holidays. You may have just cooked a big meal, big, big meal the other day for Christmas. Why don't you take it easy tonight? Place an order on DoorDash. Have a Dasher deliver a delicious meal from you from one of the great restaurants in New York City. Uh, there are a couple great uh, spots that are hot this week on DoorDash, like Westville. Westville is a warm and relaxed neighborhood go-to for simple and delicious foods. If you're looking for dessert, why not try Trey's Leche's Cafe? It's it's the creator of the best Trey Leche's cake in New York. The cakes are always fresh, spongy, creamy, and delicious. And that's the great thing about DoorDash. If people don't agree on where they want to go, you can order from multiple restaurants. You know, if you want to go one place, if somebody else wants to go somewhere else, place an order from both and have a Dasher deliver you deliver you great food. And now you can get up to 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number two, number three. Subject to change, terms apply. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. Jets and Browns, Thursday night football. Everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Thursday night football. Uh, a game with actually some meaning on Thursday night, at least this week, as the Cleveland Browns have an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot. The Jets have a chance to play spoiler. I don't know if you dislike the Cleveland Browns. Maybe you really want to see the Jets win and force them to hold off that celebration. I guess on some level, you never want to see a team celebrate against you. You never want to see a team clinch against you. So Jets playing for pride. We have to come up with the reasons to get fired up for this one. But ultimately, I think the question of this game is going to be, can the Jets offense function? And we've been talking about it all year. With this offensive line, it's just not easy. Jets offensive line has been a mess all season long. 
you could blame some of it on injuries, but you know what? At some point, you just need guys to execute better. The Jets are not the first team to be decimated by injuries on the offensive line. And there's a difference between saying, I'm expecting it to be good, and I'm expecting it to be this bad. There's no excuse for it being this bad. And the Jets are going up against a very fierce pass rush. Miles Garrett on one side going up against Carter Warren, presumably. Not a matchup that exactly favors the Jets. Zadaria Smith, an excellent pass rusher. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a long night for the Jets in the backfield. And Trevor Simeon in that game against Washington, you know, he did not look like a guy who had any intention of pushing the ball down the field. There were lots of checkdowns. I mean, Brees Hall, I love Brees Hall. Look, don't get me wrong. I think Brees Hall is great. And look, with the lack of receiver talent the Jets have, you're going to have to check the ball down a lot more frequently than usual. But I don't think Brees Hall should receive that many targets as many targets as he got against Washington. And to be honest with you, this is, I think, like the one one of the few games where I actually think the typical Nathaniel Hackett game plan is the right one because there's just no way the Jets are going to be able to protect Trevor Simeon consistently. I, I dislike the Salah mindset that we play low-scoring games. We hope the defense pulls it out in the end because that's a recipe for disappointment in, in the NFL. I don't like the Hackett offense where you essentially eschew any chance of getting a big play. You run the ball a lot. You throw a lot of short passes. I don't like that because when you're playing with an undermanned team, you're not going to have the players, you're not going to have the horses to execute successfully eight play drives because in a situation with, with the type of players the Jets have on offense, if they have like one negative play, it sets the entire thing back. Think about how many how many drives the Jets have had this year where you get a false start or a holding penalty and the drive's over because they don't have the players who can overcome mistakes. And when you have an undermanned team, the perception is that you should be playing conservatively to avoid mistakes. But in many cases, doing that makes just makes life harder because you're forcing players who aren't as good to execute at a higher level. It's tougher to put together an eight-play drive than it is to have a two-play drive, you know, for somebody breaks a 60-yard play. But I think in this game, because the Jets will have so many issues up front, and because like they just I don't think they can move the ball effectively on this Cleveland team. They just really do need to avoid the, the catastrophic mistake. And I think if there's going to be a big play, it's going to have to be Brees Hall breaking a big one. You know, We saw last Sunday against Washington what Brees Hall is capable of doing if you give him any space at all. You know, there's a lot of criticism Brees has gotten lately about from the fan base because you know if you look at his stat line rushing the ball, it's not been effective. over. The, it's not been that great over the last two months. And I understand it to an extent, but... I mean, we keep talking about how the offensive line is destroying the team. We keep talking about we kept talking about how Zach Wilson, you know, couldn't really have much of a shot with this offensive line. Same goes for Brees. I mean, I, I think if, if it's true for one, it's true for everybody. And if the, when the Jets open holes for Brees Hall, he's a big play waiting to happen. So maybe look, we know the, the Jets offensive line is going to lose more than they, they win in this one, but I think they really need Brees to like break a big one or two. And I think, you know, they also need to use the other guys who have speed on this team. Maybe a couple of outside runs for Izzy Abanaconda. I think that it was a plus last week when the Jets got rid of, you know, took Dal kind of took Dalvin Cook out of the rotation and gave those carries to Izzy Abanaconda. Dalvin Cook's broken no, no big runs this year. Abanaconda's got speed. I mean, is it Izzy Abanaconda a player in this league? Is he a quality player? Is he part of a rotation going forward? That I don't know. That's up in the air. But what I can tell you is that he gives you more of a shot for a big play than Dalvin Cook right now. Dalvin Cook was a big play threat most of his career in Minnesota. I think those days are over. So get Izzy the ball. And I think the Jets should do a better job of getting Garrett Wilson the ball in space. You know, he's not necessarily a home run hitter, but he's a guy who can help you move the chains and maybe flip field position. And in a game where the Jets really need things to be based on field position, that could be a big thing. You know, that, could be, that, that might be no small thing. I mean, look, it's tough. You're playing Xavier Gibson big snaps. 
when Jason Brownlee's probably getting you know a lot of snaps. I mean, when you're putting a bunch of undrafted rookies at a wide receiver, your offense is going to be limited. When you're putting the guys on the offensive line the Jets are putting out there, it's going to be limited. This is not going to be a high-scoring game from the Jets' standpoint. The question is whether they can score enough. And unfortunately, and I hate to say this because I really don't like the Salah philosophy of putting everything on the defense, I don't think they really have much of a choice in this one. If the Jets win this game, it's going to be like a 13-9 kind of game. It's going to be very low scoring. I'll tell you one thing. You know, we went to, we've talked about that over-under on FanDuel, and currently as we record this podcast, it's 34.5 points. The only way the Jets are winning this game is if it's under 34.5 points. If this if this game hits the over, the Browns have won it in a blowout because the Jets are not going to be able to trade touchdowns with this Cleveland team, not with this offense, not against this defense. It might be the biggest mismatch in the entire NFL season of one offense versus another defense. I, I think there's a narrow path to victory for the Jets, but I don't love their chances in this one. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Maybe we'll be talking about a victory tomorrow. More likely, I think we'll be talking about a loss. And when we talk about that, we'll be it'll be on our Friday edition of Locked on Jets. But this is Thursday's show, and thank you so much for tuning in. This show is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy it, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening to let you never miss an episode. If you, if, and if you enjoy it and are watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the show. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy the game. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about what happened between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns.